This is the podcast about transatlantic business by MCM Germany. The clue. Hello, everyone, and, and welcome back to The Clue. My name is Simon Menne, and I'm the president of MCHEM Germany. I'm really excited today to host this episode because uh, we have a very special guest, Dr. Marianne Janik. She is the area vice president of Microsoft Germany. Welcome to The Clue, Marianne. Thank you, Simone. Happy to be there. Thanks for having me. Mm. We like to use the next 30 minutes to talk about a very important event and the project of MCHEM Germany, our Female Founders Award. And also, I think we should discuss our personal experiences as female leaders and how we can support innovation within the transatlantic relationship. But before we are diving right into the conversation, I'd like to introduce Marianne first. Uh, since November 2020, she is the area vice president of Microsoft Germany, but joined the company many years ago. She had several positions at Microsoft, such as country manager of Microsoft, country general manager of Microsoft in Switzerland. And she was also responsible for administration, education, and healthcare within the management of Microsoft. And since this year, Marianik is also the award patron of our Female Founder Award. Thank you again, Marianne, for that and for being here today. As I mentioned, you are the official award patron of MCHEM Germany's Female Founders Award. We established this award already three years ago to give female entrepreneurs more visibility and also to connect them with investors, business partners, and our general network. And we know in the area of startups, female founders are uh, underrepresented, like in many other areas. Why do you think, Marianne, this is still the case? Yeah, I think starting to look at some data, I think the proportion of female startup founders in Germany is still only by at 16%. So that says that a clear majority of startups in Germany are built up by, by men, while female founders are really underrepresented. So I think, first of all, we need to acknowledge that this is an imbalance we need to, to highlight as well. And it has a lot of, you know, repercussion on how you know we create innovation economic and technical potential remains really untapped and the the reasons why i think it's um, also data point that women's teams are significantly less likely to receive really big amount of, of financing and It's, it's again a sign of unequal resources. Only 5% of women's teams have already received 1 million euros or more compared to 28% of men's teams. So why is this? And um, I've started 20 years ago looking at um, startups and investors and uh, working with, with, uh, with people interested in founding. And I think from my observation that many female founders lack the networks you need. So it's, I think the decisive, as a decisive point of success or failure 
if as a startup you have the necessary resources and you don't count only on family and friends and too often female startup founders still lack access to investors to established economy i got a feedback as well from um, both private equity and also just family offices telling me when they go to a university to just talk to students who are interested in, in working for a VC, for example, or family office, there is not a lot of female students showing up for these kind of uh, interviews or, or conferences. And I think, you know, to sum it up, of course, you know, we would say that that looks unfair, that women don't get the foundings they need. But I think profoundly it's a strategic mistake because the, there's a study from Boston Consulting suggesting that according to their findings, startup founded by women deliver actually more than twice um, returns compared to the, the startups founded by men. I think that's important and that's why it's so important as MCHEM to have this female founders award to be able to talk that and at Microsoft we have something similar we call it women in cloud and it's a community-led development organization that taking action to generate really one billion in net new global economic access for women entrepreneurs and it's all based also on the UN sustainability development goals and driven by you know the ambition to really create jobs to to put innovation first and and have this access to to the funding for for women. Yeah, it, uh, I totally agree. I think uh, actually we we have an interest as societies uh, to to give that women a stage and to, to encourage them. I, unfortunately, and that may be because of education. Um, I have the same experience as you just mentioned. Women do not speak up in a group where lots of men are also um, uh, attending. I just recently had a Zoom conference with young startups with female uh, participants, mm. but all questions, all questions came from male participants. Mm. Uh, and, and, it, and I do not think that the women shall change. We just have to yeah. find them, ask them and, and, and uh, show them uh, and give them this stage. Because um, as you rightly said, uh, the startups of women uh, are often more successful and sustainable uh, on the long run. So do you see a difference to the US? Um, obviously, big tech companies like yours also have a lot of young male leaders, uh, but uh, it is different in the US regarding female foundership and entrepreneurship? Yes, I think at, at first glance, from the data points, but also from our experience as Microsoft being engaged in Silicon Valley and, and especially at universities, we it seems, you know, at first glance that the, the situation in the US looks more advanced, but profoundly, talking to female founders and I've done that over the last three, four years, I feel that, you know, women in the US struggle with similar structural problems mm. that we, we face in Europe and in Germany. I think also in the pandemic, uh, there was a trend to see that female founders were struggling a lot in the US 
but those who really you know went for it have been actually outperforming in 2021 mm -hmm. so interesting again same trends so especially on vc backed companies with at least one female founder we see that they have over delivered despite receiving just a fraction about 2% of venture capital funding so and there is also a study about women in the vc ecosystem by done by pitchbook that shows that in the first three quarters of 2021 female founders exited and sold off about 59 billion which is already a record of course you can this can discuss you know why um, why the, all these exits but i think there are some data points showing that the us is more advanced but on the other side I think they have the same structural issues. And there was a an article in the um, in the Wall Street Journal saying that female founders face disadvantages raising capital, especially in male-dominated industry. And this is something we take very seriously as Microsoft because we see that female underrepresentation is come is in tech, also in anything that's you know have software-driven tech-intense startups we have less women founders. When we look at the US, we see that it's harder and we have some data from TechCrunch for, for black female founders even mm -hmm. harder. So um, there's way to go. And for us as Microsoft, you know, we have now 30% of women of our, our part of our global workforce. It's an increase of 1%, you know, since 2020. So we have still a way to go as well within our company, but also within our industry. So I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest topic for the US, this, this underrepresentation in tech. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously is also the case in Germany. And to, if we talk about female leadership, uh, uh, there were just uh, big headlines that uh, Germany achieved the highest percentage in female leaders in, in board members. Uh, with 18 percent uh, and uh, here uh, thanks god the us is a lot further uh, with 31 percent uh, so i think in general we in germany uh, but uh, worldwide we have to work on uh, diversity not only female but also uh, as you say other minorities uh, um, to to really give more powerful ideas, because I, I strongly believe that diversity brings more innovation and more ideas. Uh, and uh, I think that is also something companies shall foster and we as Amcham uh, shall foster. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you experience uh, some special fostering where you said that was very helpful for my career or did you experience the contrary? If I look back at, at my career, you know, I've never had a point where I felt that I was treated specially or fostered because I, I was a woman. And honestly, this might also be part of something I did not reflect enough because at the time I started 31 years ago at, at Daimler, this was still the time of Edzard Reuter with his big vision on, you know, this integrated technology company. And I did not reflect enough, I think, at the time that I was different. And I think that's also part of something I would encourage, because if 
you have this reflection point and you said, look, I need more help and I need things. It's also about asking for support. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've never done. Mm. Because I, I've never just had the idea. It was, you know, you just fight. I found myself um, in a trainee program at the time. These were 14 people for the whole Daimler group. And I was the only woman. I didn't yeah. even notice. <laughs> I think the good thing after 30 years, I think there is more consciousness about it, both from the young women starting their careers, but also hopefully from people like you and I, who are more diligent in uh, making these things clear, helping, coaching. So I think we've 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 come away, but for 30 years, honestly, of course, <laughs> there's still a way to go. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I had actually the same experience as you did. Uh, so I was uh, in, in several areas, the first female, the only female, mm. and I didn't wonder why. Uh, yeah. And uh, But one thing, I, I, I definitely feel that uh, young women are a lot more outspoken nowadays. And what I always tell them is, but you also have to speak up, mm -hmm. uh, not only asking for help, but also to say, I want to make a career. I want to have that position. Uh, and please do not wait patiently until somebody is uh, finding you. Uh, that is also one thing I, I always tell young young women. Is there anything you would give as an, an advice beyond what you just said? No, I fully concur with you. I think the uh, an advice would be to look at networks. And these don't have to be, you know, solely women network of course this is helpful and for example i'm supporting a lot of these networks within microsoft as well but i think networking in general be connected mm -hmm. um, starting even at university because if you look at uh, today's um, university li life there is an opportunity to to get connected to if if you're interested in a career at a VC, look at different career opportunities mm -hmm. in a safe environment while you are at university. So this networking and being in contact, uh, that is something that young women need a nudge to do more of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I fully agree. Uh, uh, networking goes beyond gender. Uh, and uh, within a company, of course, it is very important to have a good network, but it may also be that uh, within your expertise, there could be a, a good network beyond your company. Um, and uh, some, sometimes it's even helpful to have a network which is a totally different field, like a, a cultural uh, part, because you get, uh, you get uh, new ideas and, and there we are coming to, to innovation. When we talk about the, the startup scene in Germany and the US and about diversity and its implication, um, we would say at the moment, it seems there is a lack of innovation in Germany. There was an article yesterday in Handelsblatt that uh, invest in future innovative technologies is decreasing. Uh, in Germany and, and uh, in all other countries, I think it's it's uh, increasing. Mm. And mm. Do you see the same thing and what could be the reason and what could we do? Yes, that's absolutely what I observe. And after coming back after six years, you know, being abroad, not far away, but still in another country, I have looked a little bit into data and 
what I have found out that if you look at data, it seems like fewer and fewer cutting edge technologies are being produced in Germany for the world market. So the, the Germany's share of high-tech goods really exported have gone down to 50% to since 1990. I think that's quite powerful. That was a, a study by the state-owned Society for Foreign Trade and Location Marketing that was done. And I think that's something we should really highlight. And we should also discuss, and I don't see this discussion really happening, why this, this topic came in. I think why I, I observe a lot of division of labor, of um, not collaborating enough, especially uh, the close collaboration that should actually happen between companies, R&D, um, smaller companies and academia. This is very rigid when it happens. It's bound to uh, state funding. It's um, a lot of bureaucracy. And I can remember also the, these 30 years ago, this idea Edzard Reuter had from this in, integrated technology company that would transfer technology, but also methodology and process across industry. And he had bought all these kinds of different businesses where he thought this would be at least possible within a company. I think today it, we need this even cross-industry collaboration and the, the issue is that we live in verticals in Germany. If you start a career in automotive, you will have your, your complete career in automotive. In France, for example, what I can observe with the Grandes Ecoles, at least people move from industry to industry. Um, they're able to, to do this transfer a little bit faster. Um, and of course, in small countries, you see that because there is this vicinity, people know each other, it's easier to access the university. And small countries obviously see the need of innovation because they are small regarding to the big players. There is more the sense and the culture and the attitude, you know, uh, how innovation is, is, is fostered is, is stronger than in Germany. We've lost that muscle. Yeah, yeah. I think partly it is complacency because the uh, German companies were yeah. tremendous successful uh, yes. since the 90s and uh, and they optimized regarding efficiency uh, but not disrupting their own business model or questioning mm -hmm. even their own business model that is one thing you're right the verticals are very very strong and silos are strong silos even within companies mm -hmm. um, and and I think here we really with MCHAM have, have a wonderful possibility uh, to foster this exchange because we of course have member companies from the US and Germany. Yeah. Uh, we have small, medium sized companies and huge companies um, and we have uh, all sectors. Uh, so I think that is a possibility MCHAM can provide and we should do that more than we maybe did in the past uh, to foster that exchange in our policy committees, but also in our regional uh, committees to really get more innovative ideas uh, and hopefully then get that spirit, uh, which is, I think, an 
American spirit of entrepreneurship and, and innovation back into Germany. It's so important. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really something where MCHEM can make a difference because at the end it's, I don't know if we can call it a, a leadership attribute, you know, this should be part of, of the DNA of, of our sea levels here in Germany. Uh, to inspire as well and and because I, I see and I observe a lot of financial engineering, you know, a lot of, I would say, turnaround thinking, which I think for to master the challenges of the times we live in with all the possibilities we have with all the technology that's been democratized, you know, that is mm -hmm. at your fingertips, if you know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I think MCHEM can really play a role to bring that back on top of the agenda and not making it just, you know, something we talk about, but we mm -hmm. really do. And of course, it's it's difficult. This doesn't happen overnight. But I think we have all the ingredients in Germany to, to do that. So uh, great, great thing for, for MCHEM to help this getting back as a top of the agenda for, for Germany. Great, yes, I think uh, it, it, that definitely is. And uh, we will foster that in, in uh, all kind of meetings, expert talks we are having uh, to really foster that further in all the areas we are working on. And, and uh, obviously, but the next big thing regarding innovation and, and entrepreneurship will then be the Female Founders Award where I'm really looking, looking towards uh, and, and to looking forward to. And I'm really excited. And um, I thank you for, for sharing your insights and experiences today, Marianne. I think we will go further when we have the event of the Female Founder Award. I think to, to our listeners, you hopefully heard that we want to keep up with the transatlantic relation mm -hmm. and the business relationship within the US and Germany, because that is a platform for innovation, for exchange, um, but also for, for big partnerships, uh, which uh, maybe we should mention as an example of uh, BioNTech and Pfizer. So that is uh, a frame uh, we, we should copy and and work with that uh, so thank you so much marianne for your time today and uh, i'm looking forward to see you then at the female founders award thank you very much simone it was a real pleasure and i'm looking forward to the to the award ceremony obviously but also to all the things we can do within mchem so count on me thanks